Good morning, everybody. This is another edition of the Test Ball Show, brought to you by JohnPielli.com as well. At St. Alice's Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. Um, haven't been with you in uh, probably the better part of the last week, but glad to join you today if you're interested. And let's say you're up this early, you want to give the show a call. The number is 732-364-3598. You could also comment on the Facebook Live or Periscope. Feed anything on your mind in the world of baseball sports and unifying America. So a couple different things we're going to get into today. I found some, uh, a, you know, at least a, a disturbing story that we're going to get into later on in the program. Uh, I'm also going to talk about shift times as they apply to the National Hockey League, something that I saw um, over the weekend that I thought was pretty interesting, worth bringing up. But obviously the top two topics going on in the world of sports right now that do need to be discussed, and I, I think they are, both very interesting situations, and obviously, if you've listened to the past ball show before, you know about my stance when it comes to athletes, but most importantly, people as human beings who do things you know that are devious, do things that they're not supposed to, uh, in a lot of cases have to face penalties, whether it's jail time, whether it's fines, whether it's, in particular instances, suspensions from the sports that they're playing in, and at some point are given the opportunity to do what they can for a living. And, you know, the general public kind of gets involved here a lot. And when they see somebody in the spotlight that fails or screws up or does, does something that's devious or they're not supposed to do or does something that is in violation of the law, the thought is, is that these people should never work again. And that, that, I think that's a little bit harsh. That's a little bit strong of a penalty to give somebody to say that they can never have a right to earn a living again. They can never use their skills, whatever it is, to earn another dollar in their lifetime because of the mistake that they made. Now, listen, I'm not going to make this not a big deal by saying it was a mistake. Kareem Hunt did some things that many people in their lifetimes hopefully will never come close to doing. You know, he assaulted a woman on a video. There's a couple different instance, incidents that have happened that are still being investigated by the police. But no matter what, he shouldn't be in a position where he should never be able to earn a living again. And this is why I have no problem with the Cleveland Browns Signing him, obviously he has the connection to the general manager and John Dorsey who was in Kansas City and drafted Kareem Hunt, was part of the draft process that brought him in. But, you know, the bottom line when it comes down to this is he should have the right to earn a living again. There's some people that don't believe that. They believe that somebody in the spotlight that has a name to him, you know his name identified by what it is that he does as an athlete if you do something that's devious or you do something that's against the law or you do something that could possibly result in prison time, that you should never earn another dime in your life. And I completely disagree with that. I think that's a, 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 uh, a weak argument to say that that's how far you want to punish somebody. There's nothing that is stated along the lines of penalties for doing anything that says that you should never earn another dime Again, everybody, no matter what it is you are and who it is you are and what it is that you do, we all have responsibilities to earn, to 
obviously take care of responsibilities that we have to eat, to have a place to live, to take care of bills and responsibilities. So under no circumstances should there be a crime that one could commit that the penalty for that crime would be to never earn another dime for a living again. And that's what the court of public opinion tries to do when it comes to people in the spotlight. Some people that do things wrong, and like I said, some things are way more devious than others. You know, we talk about murder as it applied to Ray Carruth. Now, I'm not saying Ray Carruth in any way is a good person. What he was involved in was completely heinous. And I'm going to talk about something later on in the show that is completely heinous and should not have happened and probably deserves to get a little more discussion about. But once he is served his time in prison, he should have the opportunity to earn a living again, to make a dollar here and there, to do something to put himself in a position where he is not alone or certainly not in a, in a position or anywhere near the possibility it could do something like that again. But the bottom line is the Browns, they're going to take some criticism from the court of public opinion. They're going to take some criticism from the media. There's going to be talking heads that are on today that are going to talk about how the Cleveland Browns are just a, a lousy organization and a lousy group of human beings because they decided to sign Kareem Hunt. I'll tell you this. When it comes down to it, the commissioner is going to come down, invoke some sort of suspension when it comes to what Kareem Hunt did. And he's going to have to sit out a certain amount of games, maybe maybe five games, maybe half the season. I don't know. He may even be suspended for the whole season. But the bottom line is, according to the court of law, he is not facing any charges. And if he is, he obviously has to address them. So the court of law first, then the National Football League and its policy on you know conduct, personal conduct. And then after that, once that's all squared away, he deserves another chance to earn himself a living. And I, I bring this up and I, I make it as simple as earning yourself a living. Because I think the general public kind of walks away from this and says, because a player in a National Football League could have had a potential to earn many hundreds of thousands of dollars and maybe through endorsements has made over a million dollars, you know, that they should lose it all and just not have any opportunity to earn a living again. And Kareem Hunt deserves that right to earn himself a living. He deserves that right to get himself a paycheck. But most importantly, he has to face the penalties that exist from the crime that he committed. And if there's any serious crimes that were committed there, he has to the right, obviously, to trial and jury. And if he's found guilty, he has to face whatever penalties are there. Whether it's a fine, whether it's prison sentence. Once that's done, he has to deal, of course, with the personal conduct policy of the National Football League. Once that's squared away and it's determined how many games he's going to be suspended, or maybe a season, after that, he earn, he's earned the right to make a living. He's earned the right to play football again. As we hit the halfway point here in the past ball show, just a reminder... The show is brought to you by JohnPaley.com as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. And this copyright and broadcast is authorized under internet rights, granted by the World Wide Web and is solely free entertainment of our audience. 
any publication, reproduction, or other use of the pictures, descriptions, and accounts of the show without the express written consent of the Passball Show, JohnPLA.com, and JohnPLA LLC is prohibited. Any commercial or other use of the program, such as by charging admission for a showing, is similarly prohibited. Now, the other thing I wanted to get into today is the decision made by Kyler Murray to be a pro football quarterback. And, and I think you really want to make the comparison to that of Russell Wilson. Now, many athletes are out there to play baseball, to play football, to play multi-sports in college. And, you know, the, the examples of players that, when it comes to a professional level, will have more options or multiple options to play multiple sports professionally are kind of going by the wayside now. And this is something that obviously is an issue. We talk about specialization. We talk about athletes when they're younger children and kind of being thrown into one specific sport. And the parents and the coaches that are around them say that if you want to be the best, if you want to be a professional athlete, you should play baseball 12 months a year, 365 days a year. If you care about football that much, well, you know what? You should be involved in multiple football leagues playing 12 months, 365 days a year. So those athletes that play multiple sports are kind of dwindling in numbers. And it's not like it's getting to a point where nobody's doing it. I think high schools kind of create the platform for players or athletes to play multiple sports because of the seasons, the way they're set up. Now... Decisions can be made by parents. Decisions can be made by coaches and people in the kids' inner circle to decide to do different things like, all right, involve in a travel league. Don't play this. Don't play that. But at least on the surface, the option for an athlete, they could go out there and play football in the fall. They could play uh, basketball in the winter. They could play baseball in the springtime. And that gives them the opportunity, if somebody is that good, they could play you know, those sports at a certain level, and maybe, just maybe, that top 1% could end up becoming a professional athlete. And Kyler Murray was lucky enough, pretty similar to Russell Wilson, to be drafted by a Major League Baseball team, and then also to be a star quarterback in college, and have the prospect of being drafted amongst the top of the draft. Now, Kyler Murray, as he was thinking about this decision, I don't think it came 100% down to his desire and wanting to play football. Now, he did that in his, his public statement, deciding that that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to devote himself 100% to being a pro football quarterback, which he's got the right to say, but I don't believe him 100%. I think a lot had to do with people in his inner circle and maybe people in the world of college football and the potential for him to be an NFL quarterback. If he was going to be drafted in the sixth round or the seventh round, then I don't think he's going to go and play professional football right away. He sat there, he took that contract from the Oakland Athletics. I don't think it wasn't in good faith. Now, pardon my double negative there, but the, the thought could have been that he was drafted by the Oakland Athletics and may have deceived them into believing that he wanted to play baseball professionally when he wanted to be a pro football quarterback all along. Now, understand, at the time that he was drafted last year, ninth overall by the Oakland Athletics, he, he had made the decision and an agreement was set between him and the Athletics 
was that he was going to go to the University of Oklahoma and play quarterback for now. Now, I don't think anybody really knew exactly how this was going to turn out. He went out there, he had a ridiculous season. He proved himself to be one of the top quarterbacks in the entire NCAA. And I don't think anybody, I, I think some people expected something, ex- expected some sort of production from him, but he, he performed at a high level. And I think the performance that Kyler Murray exhibited on the field, you know, pretty much made the expectations of what are, you know, pretty much surmounted the expectations that were set. So if, if the thought is, is that the A's were screwed by Kyler, by Kyler Murray, I think that's a little bit false. He went out there and he played football. Now the A's could have said, hey, listen, we're drafting you. Um, you're going to become a player in our organization, we don't think that it makes sense that you go out there and play college football. Number one, the injury factor. If you if you get yourself hurt, uh, obviously there's provisions in this contract to say, hey, if he gets hurt and he's unable to play, he'll forfeit his signing bonus, yada, yada, yada. If he decides to play the NFL full-time, then he's going to forfeit his signing bonus. We understand how it works from a financial aspect. The A's protected themselves when they set this contract up. Scott Boris, as his agent, had to understand, as tough as Scott Boris can be, he had to understand that there had to be certain provisions put in here to protect the Oakland Athletics in the event that Kyler Murray got hurt, but also in the event that he decided that he wanted to go into the NFL draft and play pro football full-time. But none of this was set up at the beginning. And what some people, unfortunately, because you go by the facts, hey, he chose football over baseball and it's just that simple, it's a little bit of a deeper story here. I think it was more of the fact that, hey, he was drafted by the Oakland Athletics and at the time had desire and passion to want to play baseball but wanted to explore the possibility of playing football in college. And he went and he played football in college at obviously a major school in Oklahoma with a major coach there in Lincoln Riley. And he wanted to see it through for one year. And you know what, if he fell on his face and number one got hurt, he'd be playing baseball or maybe may not be playing baseball. But number two, if he didn't perform, if he had a average season, if he got his you know what handed to him day in and day out, if he showed no promise, if he showed no ability, if the scouts would look at Kyler Murray and say that he has got no chance of being a college football quarterback, let alone an NFL quarterback, then he would have had baseball to fall back on. So I give the athletics credit for saying, hey, you know what? You wanted to go out there and play pro football in college. Go for it. Wish you the best. It ended up working out the best way possible for Kyler Murray. And because of that, he's in a position where he could say, hey, if I'm in the NFL draft, I got a chance to maybe go in the top five in the draft. Maybe go number one overall, depending on who ends up having that pick. But I don't fault Kyler Murray for anything that he did here because a lot of it was unknown. From the day that he was drafted by the Oakland Athletics, it was unknown how he was going to perform at the University of Oklahoma as a quarterback and how he was going to progress as a college football player. And things worked out the absolute best way for him. And because of that, he's in a position where he says, hey, I could go pro, I could be a professional football quarterback. And you know what? Obviously, the money is there as well. 
the fame is there. It obviously stands out if you were dominating the NFL as a quarterback. It's probably the fame will exist probably a lot more than the best player in baseball. Look at Mike Trout. Mike Trout is by far the best player in baseball, but doesn't get the national love that let's say the top five quarterbacks in the National Football League do. Kyler Murray is going for the fame, but most importantly, he is going for the money. The Oakland Athletics are not going to pay him anywhere near what he's going to get paid if he is a top five pick in the National Football League draft. This is the famous Budweiser beer. We know of no brand produced by any other brewer that costs so much to brew and age. Our exclusive Beachwood Aging produces a taste, a smoothness, and drinkability you'll find in no beer at any cost. I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I saw this past weekend. Uh, I, think, I believe the NBC does a pretty good job with their, with their hockey coverage. And it's unfortunate because hockey from a regional perspective and hockey from a hockey fan perspective is the most exciting thing in the world. It really is. And if you've been to a hockey game, the way most of the arenas are set up with the seats, there's very seldom a bad seat in the house. And it's, it's a game where there's physical contact, there's action. It's something that you're seeing stuff going on all the time. And hockey fans are extremely passionate. They love their sport. They think the sport is so much superior to that of many other sports. And the problem that it has existed is that it's something that has failed to gain traction nationally. Now, the playoffs, when they come in, you know, NBC and some of the other networks do a better job of getting more hockey games in there. There's more hockey analysis, you know, on Fox Sports. ESPN has taken a step back from it, but of course you have the National Hockey League Network. All different things that are trying to help grow the sport. Now, I believe in certain regions, you look at Nashville. Nashville has done a great job in supporting that hockey team. They're, they got a, a good stadium there where they fill it up with fans. Obviously, Madison Square Garden, we talked about last week how you know corporations own that place and they have a certain amount of people that are going to be credited as being part of the crowd without factoring in how many fans are actually showing up there day in and day out. But when it comes down to hockey, NBC is making the best push that it possibly can to make it more of a national game. And they're trying to do some things. I mean, I know they had that glowing puck thing, but, uh, you know, they, they keep good track of things that are going on. I do think the camera angles have certainly improved on the telecast. I think they have more insight, having guys like Joe Micheletti and Pierre Maguire, guys that know a ton about hockey to break down things that are going on from the bench level to hear things and Pierre Maguire being in between the two benches. If there's something serious that's going on, he can report on it. I think from their perspective, they're trying to do everything they can. One thing that I absolutely disagree with, and I think NBC went a little bit too far trying to push this thing, is the shift times. And you had certain players, whether it was a P.K. Subban, who, by the way, is one of my favorite hockey players. He's a guy that, you know, a defenseman, but, you know, is offensive-minded, is always involved in every play. One of the better players in the National Hockey League. But, you know, you see that, all right, Subban comes on the ice, it's showing you how long he's been on the ice. And I understand that hockey has always wanted to kind of cater to the stars of the sport, whether it's a Sidney Crosby, whether it's an Alex Ovechkin, whether it's any of the top hockey players in the sport, 
those are the players that the sport wants to get the most attention for, wants to generate the most revenue for. Obviously, we talk about merchandise, but most importantly, the fans of those players and those teams, respectively, uh, are going to throw the most support out there. So from a national perspective, any sport that wants to succeed is going to want to do it through the uh, popularity of its own stars. But I thought the I thought the NBC did a little bit went a little bit too far here. If I'm looking at the score and I see it says shift time for PK Subban, I, I could care less of how long he's been on the ice. Now, if you want to put a little marker there and say, you know, here's your star on one team, here's your star on the other team, you know, have the star light up when that player's on the ice. I'm okay with that. I think that would have been a better way to do it. That being said, I think it was a little bit silly to focus too much on the shift times on a nationally televised hockey game. Just a reminder that Castrol provides maximum protection against viscosity and thermal breakdown. This is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. So the last story I wanted to get into it comes out of the University of Nebraska. And let's be serious. I mean, Nebraska, from the days of Tom Osborne, and the top players that you could remember that went to that school when they were winning national championships has fallen ridiculously from the map. Now, now their their performance over the last couple seasons have been horrendous. You know, you're, they're, they're surprised if they actually win a game there. This was at one point one of the national powers as they existed in the world of college football. And they've fallen dramatically. They've fallen to a point where it's almost an embarrassment, and they, they, the, you know, the things that are obviously coming out now are not going to be any any more helpful. And there's a story that comes out involving one of their star running backs, and the fact that he did something that I can't put any sense to. I really can't. I look at, you know, somebody that's involved, let's say if it's in a relationship, you have a girlfriend that, you know, things don't end up working out with. I mean, I understand there's going to be some bitter feelings. There's going to be some angst. There's going to be some, uh, you know, obviously feelings that aren't so good between the two of you. Maybe you don't talk again. Maybe when you see each other, you argue or, you know, you, you can't stand the sight of that person. So once... That person comes up. You can't wait to just go out there and yell at them. Now, Maurice Washington, running back from Nebraska, pretty good player and hopefully could be part of the future of this team getting himself a little better and maybe gaining some national prominence, is facing criminal charges for something that is called revenge porn. And when I, when I first looked at that, I'm like, what does that even mean? revenge porn is that perhaps somebody taking a pornographic video of you know your ex you and your ex-girlfriend in a you know a sexual scene and maybe violating that person's rights to the video by sharing it on social media i mean maybe maybe that could have been a definition of it so i get into this story a little bit further and it says according to court records phase uh obtained by nbc bay media 
Washington is facing those charges in home state of California in connection to a video he allegedly kept of a 15-year-old female victim being sexually assaulted. So I, I go from thinking, all right, this is a, a relationship between a man and a woman or a girl and a boy that didn't work out. Maybe as they were intimate, they videotaped each other. And as part of revenge for their relationship not working out, the person decides to share that video through social media, violating the other person's rights, which I do believe that's a crime. I do believe that's against the law. Somebody's rights are violated. I think if two people make a video together like that, they should have equal rights to it. And it shouldn't be distributed to public without the consent of both parties. So as I look at it as deep, deeper, now this man, Maurice Washington, was not involved himself in the video. And he was not one who had filmed it. So this is where it actually gets a little worse. You know, I go to... You know, Onyx, who I was hoping to see a couple weeks ago over in, in New Jersey, the All-Stars of Hip Hop. And I think about this part, and it says, but, 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 wait, it gets worse. And it does. So, he's accused of sending the video to the victim in March of 2018 in, a, in an attempt to inflict emotional damage. Now, you say, hey, what was in this video? And this is the part that makes it even worse than what I was stating before. Now, Washington and a victim previously dated in high school. The video shows the victim and two male classmates engaging in sexual acts, and the victim says that these acts were not consensual. So this is a video of a girl being raped by two other classmates which obviously this woman has to deal with the emotional scars of what of what happened. Has to deal with the rest of the life that this stuff happened and it was not at the consent of the woman. Now, Washington ends up dating this girl. They have a relationship. They break up. And he decides that he is going to send this girl this video in an attempt to inflict emotional harm. And I think that's a horrible job if that's all that is true. Obviously, this is all alleged. Anybody in a court of law is going to be innocent until proven guilty. So he, he's, he's obviously, you know, has his future at risk. A former four-star recruit signed in 2018 getting ready to play and hopefully make this team a Nebraska team, which for a, for a while has been terrible, was 4-8 and eight the last two years after going 9-4 and four before that. But you look at the days of Bill Callahan and, of course, Tom Osborne, as long as he was there, this was a national powerhouse. This was a team that made it to many, many bowl games. And over the last two years, they're 8-16. and 16. Little recap of the show today. Kareem Hunt, obviously, he's going to have to deal with, most importantly, the court of public opinion. People that are going to be down on him, obviously, you know, rightly so for what he did. Obviously, getting caught or seen in that video assaulting a woman, and obviously, the charges he has to face in regards to violations of the law on multiple accounts. But don't tell me that this man doesn't deserve the right to work. 
Now, of course, he's got to deal with the penalties that exist when it comes to the court of law. So once he's addressed that, once he's addressed the National Football League and their personal conduct policy, he's got the right to work. You don't take the guy's job away. If he's, unless he's serving time in prison, the guy has the right to work. Kyler Murray, I think a lot of people are going to say that he bailed on the Oakland Athletics. I think it was a perfect storm when he decided to take that opportunity to be the quarterback of the University of Oklahoma. Not only that, but he took it and he ran with it. He was extremely successful. He's one of the best players in the entire country. It was probably the worst possible scenario for the Oakland Athletics. Things to work out as well as they did for Kyler Murray. Almost giving him no choice to pass up baseball, to take football on. Obviously a more lucrative opportunity, but more of a fame-ridden opportunity. We talked about the comparison to, let's say, a Mike Trout, to any of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. Mike Trout's the best baseball player, but doesn't get the national attention of any of the top players in football and even basketball. Uh, we talked about shift times in the NHL. Uh, NBC putting it up there like it's something that's important. I think they should have replaced it with like a light or something. If they want to highlight a certain star, let's say it's Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin playing against each other, have a light go up with their name by it when they're on the ice and when they're not on the ice. I think that's something that's better than calculating their shift time. Finally, a disturbing story coming out of the University of Nebraska, um, a, a running back prospect is accused of revenge porn. And revenge porn, in this case, it consists of a, an ex-girlfriend being raped by two men in high school and sending that video to her to invict, uh, you know, inflict emotional harm. Terrible job there. And listen, if you're in Nebraska, you're trying to get yourself a little bit better. You know, two, four, and eight seasons... You're going out there and your your top recruit is involved in something silly like this, something disgusting like this, something heinous like this. You know, it's no wonder the program is going down the tubes. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. Thank you for tuning in today. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side.